GOB 95 Tales of the Riverbank Boxing is brutal, with many more losers than winners. One might argue it saves tear-away teenagers from a life of crime, but in a progressive society it should be banned. I would, on balance, support a ban, despite the fact that I love to watch Fight Night and Muhammad Ali remains my all-time sporting hero. Shooting for pleasure crosses that line as the object is to kill, not win. Otherwise, shooting clay pigeons would be the chosen, humane alternative. What bothers me most is the effect it has on sporting humans, desensitising them to killing, let alone its effect on wild animals. One can make a strong case in support as, where shooting a released game bird goes on, the land is often enhanced for wildlife. Pheasant shoots in my locality, managing the land for game birds rather than intensively farming it, has led to some of the best raptor watching in England, with high densities of small mammals and passerines. Of course the same cannot be said for grouse moors or Scottish deer-stalking estates, where the land is managed badly for competing species, whether they be predators or rivals. Angling is hard for me to be dispassionate about as I occasionally indulge. Like many a wildfowler, I enjoyed as much for the wildlife watching as for the fishing. It's bizarre that I find it so hard to outwit an order of animals supposedly many hundreds of millions of years behind me in brain power. On my last outing, the fish won 10.5 to 2.5. I missed 10 bites, lost one fish in the weeds, and caught just two, obviously gently returning them to the water. I cannot justify my actions. I enjoy the hunt aspect just as one enjoys hunting for new birds. I dream of hooking a fish so large it tests my strength, although these days that doesn't have to be that big. I'd miss the possibility of fishing but cannot in all conscience defend it. I can't lie to myself. Fish feel pain and being hooked in the mouth must be nasty. Ironically, my last outing followed a tooth extraction so I could sort of empathise. That lakeside outing prompted this month's article. I rarely rise early to bird nowadays, just like I almost never twitch. I don't go to reserves because there is some reported rarity, but rather I decide where I want to go and then just enjoy what's there. In high summer this may well be insects, or in spring it might be hares. However, the lake where I fish has one corner spot that I favour for its shade and tranquillity, and I know it is popular, so I had to be there before 7am to stand a chance of occupying it. In those few hours rooted to one place, my eyes often failed to focus on my fishing float, because there were so many distractions. Two pairs of reed warblers flitted in and out the reed stems to a bush just three feet away from my nose. Yuffling green woodpeckers flew over, chetties called and occasionally popped out from the reeds, more hens and ducks paraded their fluffball families for me to see. Twenty minutes after I set up, a year-tick kingfisher left the bankside vegetation next to me, where it had sat unnoticed and streaked by just a foot from my rod tip. A frog swam by kicking out his legs lazily, then sinking into a weed bed. Overhead a marsh harry began her day's hunt. As the sun strengthened, small heath and gatekeeper butterflies took to the wing. A common blue damselfly landed on my float, but was dislodged by a black-tailed skimmer living up to its name. Like a cretaceous monster, an emperor dragonfly lorded it over the lake.
One might argue that a bird-hide sojourn would give one the same experience, but angling has me quietly sitting amongst nature's glory.